Welcome to the Tearing It Up podcast. I'm your host, Taryn. We'll be tearing it up, tearing it down, and tearing it apart, dissecting all things related to those who deviate from the standard. From leaders of their industry to leaders of mediocrity, and maybe a gear review or two thrown in. We shoot the shit and let the conversations flow, so if that's not your style, this may not be for you. Otherwise, listen in. Hope to light a fire in you somehow. I just never gets old. I love that lady. Um, <laughs> but this is super exciting, Internet World, because we are uh, we have our guest, uh, our third guest, really. But this will be our first guest that's kind of um, more interview kind of style, not just like friend having casual conversation. <clears throat> Although she is a great friend of mine. We have Cherie on and she's uh, in the process of becoming an Ayurvedic practitioner. And she's been doing that for a couple of years. So she's going to go over, just give us kind of the quick and dirty, what is Ayurveda? Um, and we're going to learn about her journey, like getting to where she is today. And it all kind of loops back to where I am at today, because when I came to Tahoe in the first place, Cherie was right here with me. A group of us from Washington came down to Tahoe. We all kind of came down at different times and settled here. Um throughout that one winter, but we were all finally here. And then Cherie and I ended up being the only two from Washington that ended up staying in Tahoe um, for years. Hillary was there also. She was the first one to come down. She got us all down. And then mm-hmm. um, she left in like 2015 and Cherie and I continued to to stay until really until COVID is when um, when Cherie went back home to the to the east side, to Georgia. But so since then, she's been she's been around and she'll tell you more about that, too, when we get to her personal journey. But, um, yeah, we all met at Crystal Mountain in Washington in like 2011 or 12. And so, yeah, it's crazy <laughs> to think that that was a it's been a fucking decade. So yeah. um, I, I miss oh her so God. much here in Tahoe, but I'm so happy to have her here with us today and just to get talk about like, yeah. what, what's been going on with this journey in Ayurveda. So awesome. Yes. Thank you for having me. You are good to see you and me, Amber. (laughs) Yeah. So you guys, so we have uh, mutual friends like Becca and Hillary from the crystal crowd. Um, And Amber, that year that I was up there working, she did a little bit of a stint up there at like the end of the season. So you may have crossed paths at the cheese once or twice. Um, Well, what year was that? 2012. 2012. Yep. 2012. I had gotten back from uh, backpacking Southeast Asia. And at the very end, Dave Hickey was like, hey, you need a job. And I was like, duh, dude, I'm broke. So I went up there and uh, did the lifts for a little bit. Oh, nice. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to think like when exactly I left Crystal because I got to Tahoe in 2000. 15 mm-hmm. was it Taryn yeah yeah and so I'm like was I even at Crystal in 2012 you, yes you were because I was there and that was the only year that I actually was there then I went to Alaska and did my Alaska trips a couple of years and then Nicaragua then ended up in Tahoe um Wait, winter of 2012 you were living in an RV as well I was. 
<laughs> crazy how history repeats itself yeah isn't that interesting <laughs> yeah this situation's a little a little more posh but yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah baby. i'm i'm checking out the rv behind you and i mean it is very nice very know, luxurious tv like yeah it's the interior everything like, looks um very white yes. and clean <laughs> uh, it's not clean at all I did like eight loads of laundry today it was so annoying we literally hadn't done laundry in it probably three weeks um Andrew's mom got sick we usually do it like once a week now that we have to just do it um at his parents house and we were gonna do it this past weekend but we were just so busy buttoning up insulating the underneath of the fifth wheel and then um his mom was feeling pretty sick on Sunday. So we just have avoided it like all throughout the week, just not spending too much time there running in for a shower. And then today I was like, fuck it, I'm going to the laundromat so I can do like one like load, but like times eight, like do eight loads at once. (laughs) So I washed like all our bedding, everything in this house that I could wash. I tried to take it with me today. And then I was like regretting it when it's like almost seven or eight dollars a pop it's like damn i had five washers going. it's like oh lord but uh <laughs> so i have all that pile of laundry here and those tahoe just, laundry mats yeah mud everywhere and dirt but we opted for the whiter version broke. so it would stay nice and light in here we wanted the the light interior but but anyways um so we have all our introductions. We're here now and so happy to have both of you here and create, like, connect this circle of the three of us. Um, so Cherie, tell us, Ayurveda, like the basics. What, what is it? Um, all right. Well, first I want to say again, it was so, it's so nice to see you and it's really great to meet Amber too. And I'm very excited to be here. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about Ayurveda and the basics of Ayurveda and, um, the principles of Ayurveda. So pretty much Ayurveda is a system of holistic healing. So of course we, uh, you know, look at the state of the entire person. Um, and it's very much unlike any other. So it's, it's unique to the individual. Uh, Ayurveda places great emphasis on prevention Um, just like a lot of alternative uh, medicine modalities and encourages the maintenance of health through close attention to balance in one's life through incorporating, uh, let's just say like correct diet for that individual, um, regular and individualized daily routines and practices. So we also look at different uh, body therapies that we can incorporate into someone's lifestyle. Uh, also a close look at their lifestyle. Uh, we also use herbs and many other things, but like I said, so holistically, we're looking at the whole person to determine what is happening. So essentially that is the body, mind, and spirit or sometimes consciousness is what you'll hear. But so a short background about Ayurveda, uh, taking us to a few steps back here. It is thought to be over 5,000 years old, older than Chinese medicine, stemming from wow. old Vedic philosophy. Um, and I'm I'm sure you've heard of it before because it is the sister science of yoga. Mm-hmm. I mean, and- I definitely, like I had heard about it and heard the term and whatnot, but really didn't know much about it at all until you started studying it because you and um, our friend Liz here too had 
that's I remember when you guys were going down to the school in Grass Valley, like first learning about the school and getting interested in and starting all of that. So that's where and when I really first learned about that a little bit more. But and what was it? 2019 is when you started? Yeah, 2019 is when I started at the um, California College of Ayurveda. And I too, I'm pretty sure like trying to think back, like I found Ayurveda through yoga as well, because I've done yoga for many, many years Mm -hmm. and like every type of yoga that you can do and still didn't hear a lot about Ayurveda. I feel like early on in my yoga practices and stuff like that. Right, so right. now I feel like that a lot more people are finding Ayurveda through yoga. It's becoming a little bit more mainstream, a little bit more popular, but still has a lot, I mean, a long ways to go in that, you know, realm. Um, but yeah, so I ended up, I, I went to India to get my, uh, 200 hour yoga teacher certification. And that's, kind of what solidified like um going in to practice as an Ayurvedic practitioner for me but I'll get into that like a little bit later on my personal journey so back to uh so what is Ayurveda so Ayurvedic medicine teaches us to see the world as it relates to the elements so you'll hear a lot about this elements or doshas of vata pitta and kapha and that's what a lot of people associate Ayurveda with they're like I don't know what these are Vata Pitta and Kappa but I'm Mm -hmm. this or I'm that or whatever so these doshas are essentially they're biological energetics in which combinations of the elements play out through so but okay before I get into specifics of each of the three doshas it is helpful to understand like their elemental composition and their broader role in the natural world. So talking about the elements as the most basic building blocks of the material world. Um, And there are five of those. And we use the term ether for the first one. You'll also hear it called space. And then you have air, fire, water, and earth. So every substance contains all five of these elements. Uh, That said, in a given substance, one or two elements are typically predominant over the others. So then Ayurveda also identifies 20 qualities, which we also call gunas, that can be be used to describe like every substance or experience. And these qualities are organized into 10 pairs of opposites. So opposite qualities being like heavy and light, dull and sharp, cold, hot, oily, dry, smooth and rough, uh, dense and flowing, soft and hard, stable or mobile and gross and subtle. Uh And then you have uh, cloudy, which also can be kind of termed or thought of as like sticky um, versus clear. Okay. Okay. So these qualities are essential to understanding the Ayurvedic principles that like increases like and opposites balance. So you can, you can kind of think of this an example, like, okay, let's put it into context here. Like Mm -hmm. a person who naturally runs hot, put them in the middle of summer, like super hot, uh, season of, of the year, 
like in say Louisiana where it's super hot and humid uh, who's experiencing like a lot of heat in their mind through the emotions of anger and frustration so you see that then you see a lot of inflammation happening in their body that's uh excessive like buildup of heat maybe they even have like a red rash on their skin so like that's showing up um you know um on their skin and, and then like loose stools, something that, you know, they, they experience personally, which is again, too much heat buildup in the digestive system. Oh, oh my God. Um, I never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> so like all of those things, like increases, like, well, if that person is consistently eating like hot, spicy foods, mm-hmm. uh, you know, putting pepper on all of their food as well. And just, I mean, just keep they're they're consistently doing things that are increasing those qualities like within their body and in their mind, then mm-hmm. that situation is just going to become exa- exacerbated by all of those hot qualities. Right. It's so what like they want to do, fire. what's up? It's just like fueling the fire. Exactly. Fueling the fire and what we what we want to do is you want to think okay what is the remedy you know going back to that ayurvedic principle that like increases like and opposites balance well it's cool so you're bringing in cooling substances in a situation like that you know you want to recommend um that person have more cooling foods and herbs they're wanting to take cooling showers in the middle of the summer like that when when the weather outside is um, really hot and really humid. Uh, cooling practices such as like more of a gentle yoga versus like, you know, doing hot yoga in the middle of the day. Um, <laughs> doing like more like gentle yoga in the coolest part of the days. And, you know, we would even prescribe like cooling breathing practices. So pranayam. Um Avoiding substances like alcohol and caffeine, they're, they're all heating and they're very drying. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything that creates more heat in the mind and the body are contraindicated, like I said before. So that means they're not advised for that situation. Um, yeah, it's funny because it's just, I mean, it makes so much sense just yeah. anything in your life, right? Just your daily life when you're going about your day and something's happening. If you take like one second to pause and be like, okay, what's the opposite of like this situation or how I want to feel and how can I get there? Like just taking those little steps. I'd be like, it, you know, it sounds so simple and it's things that we just don't, don't no. do, but. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, to, that's the reason that I was attracted to Ayurveda is, you know, I kind of explored a lot of other forms of alternative medicine, figuring out like, you know, what, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do, like as a career and dive into more education and all that kind of stuff. But Ayurveda makes so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love living seasonally. And that's really what it is. It's, you know, you have kind of day in day out like similar routines but they're structured slightly differently depending on what season that you're in you know um eating seasonally uh is a big part of that you know so it's like you know you're in the winter and you're not going to do the same things in the winter that you're doing in the middle of the summer it just doesn't make sense you're not running um you know as hot so Mm -hmm. you're not 
you're not going to be eating all these like cold, light, dry foods um, and, you know, things like that. You're going to do more warming, more grounding practices in the winter when it's cold and it's dry outside or, you know, depending on the climate and what you're in. And I mean, this, this, this is like across the board, not just um, the season that you're in, but it, it, it obtains to everything, like what time of the day it is and what time of your life, because the doshas rule everything like that. There's a vata time of the day. There's a pitta time of the day. There's a kapha time of the day. There's also a vata time of your life, a pitta time of your life, a kapha time of your life. And, and I'll explain that a little bit more as I explain the doshas. And I think that that will make more sense when you put together uh, these pairs of elements. And within those elements, you see um, inherit in them what those qualities are. And then you're like, oh, okay. Like I can, I can totally see why you know, your adolescence is your kapha time of life and pitta is the, you know, the working midlife and whatever. So that's the one we're in right now. <laughs> very, very much so. Very, very yes. much so. We are building the foundations of our <laughs> futures, man. Yes. The working time of life. It can yeah. be a little crazy. Oh, we're in the thick of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, exactly. Um, so yeah, so then getting to, well, let's talk about a little bit about the dosha. So then, then from there, you've got the three doshas, which we talked about the biological energetics. We also call them bodily humors of vata, pitta, and kapha. Um, so you have some combination of them, but each of them embodies a combination of elements and qualities to create a functional entity, an energetic force of nature. And I keep kind of finding different ways to describe it just so it's, it's better understood, but all three doshas are present in everyone, but the ratio between them varies a great deal from one person to the next. So Taryn might be way more pitta in her constitution than you, Amber, and maybe you're more vata nature. So constitution, like according to Ayurveda, everyone is born with a mixture of these three doshas. Determining your primary dosha is the first step towards finding your optimal state of balance, natural health. And that's where I come in. Like my mm -hmm. job as a practitioner is to determine the ratio of the doshas that you're born with called your constitution or in Sanskrit, we call it prakriti. And then I also determine your current state of the doshas, which are usually in excess, uh, maybe one, maybe two of them, or maybe all three. And those are seen as imbalances because most likely we are, we are almost never in perfect balance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the truth. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think I am and then I'm like, oh no, we're not there yet. <laughs> Something's not quite right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a constant battle, that's for sure. Yes, yes, it is. But the more you practice this, the more that you you know. So you know your constitution, right? Which is your most balanced state. It's what you're born with. Um, it's kind of your, your, you know, your your mixture of the doshas at the moment of conception. So the more that you start to become in balance and get back to that, like you feel your most healthy self. So then you naturally start to uh, recognize when you go out of balance and what to do to get in balance. So it's not like, 
I mean, it is kind of a little bit of a constant battle, but it's not as difficult as it sounds. The more aware that you become over time of what it feels like to be the most, your most balanced self, your most healthy self. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Uh, It's kind of like everything, right? You got to figure out that like what you said what feels good and then it's a little bit easier to maintain the balance but finding that balance is is like the hardest part almost just like the hardest part is like getting up to go to the gym or like getting going to do the anything and then once you're there you're like cool I've made it here now I just am along for the ride um and of course like life happens and anything can throw you out of balance but I think digging into something like this for me I've thought about since I since you were here in Tahoe and going through it and I've talked to you a little bit about Ayurveda and I was like man I I really do want to learn more about it and kind of dive in deeper because like a lot of the things make sense uh, especially the seasonal eating thing so I I would love to talk more about that when you get to that but uh um but yeah anyway carry on (laughs) well so and I just want to bring up the point like um you know, the more that you become like in, in tune with, you know, yourself and what your constitution is and how that feels like your most, your most balanced state, you also start to learn what are your, uh, long-term, um, inherent tendencies towards certain situations. So you already kind of know how to, um, approach that situation almost before it even happens right you know so like we even look at like long-term tendencies towards stress Mm -hmm. or long-term tendencies towards sleep you know well you know that you can become like your long-term tendency is to sleep excessively let's just say well that that's kappa so you know when you do that you feel very dull in your mind and you feel very lethargic and all of those kind of things. Well you know if that's like your long-term tendency or whatever, then you already naturally know like I can't do that. I cannot sleep past let's say 5:30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I have to get up before the sun comes up, you know? So that's already you being more aware of how you feel when you're excessively sleeping or when you get up later on in the morning or those kind of things or whatever. And that's just like, as a little example, but like I said, all of that comes in time. I always use the analogy like of a, of an onion. And someone told me this a long time ago and I was like, Oh, this makes so much sense because it took me a really long time to figure out what my constitution is. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, sometimes you're just so out of balance. You have to just kind of start peeling back the layers, you know, right. until you find your constitution at that, at, at the core of that onion. But two, the thing is like a lot of times, a lot of practitioners like throw out the whole concept of your constitution, because it's like, it can take a very long time to figure out what that most balanced state is for you and just works with the doshas that are out of balance currently. And then you kind of naturally over time, as you balance those doshas, you find your most natural balance state. So that's kind of a way to look at it. But, you know, the way that I was trained at CCA, um, you know, you do look at certain things in a person to determine their constitution. Um, 
you know, in the initial consultation. So do you feel a lot of that initial um, pickup of energy or whatever you get from um, people's uh, central nervous systems? Like, do you guys touch base on that at all? Yeah. Are you talking about like when, when I'm talking to a person, like how, like if I'm picking up already at like the doshas at, at their core or their constitution immediately, yeah. immediately, like yeah. I'm looking at everything. Yeah. 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 Um, so as a practitioner, like I'm looking at their physical structures. So when I'm looking at the person, I can tell which doshas rule uh, the structures of their face, like their physical characteristics, oh, it goes their body, there. their hair, um, their speech is a big one. So wow. as you're talking to a person, I mean, you know, we all have those friends and we all have those times ourselves, right? Where it's like, we, we get on one topic and then we're like, I totally forgot what I was talking about. So then I jump to the next topic uh-huh. and then I jump to the next topic and I'm like, okay, I need to bring it all back in now. I don't know where I'm at. Like, that's totally, that's totally Vata. And you'll learn in a minute, like why that would be, you know, governed or ruled by the Vata Dosha. Like they're made up of air and ether. It's the lightest of um, the elements. So they have that tendency just to kind of pew, 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 you know, just be all over the place. So um, anyway, that's just for an example, but yeah, I mean, I'm already picking up those things in a person like immediately, like before I even do an initial consultation on someone and go through, you know, tons of paperwork and all of these, um, you know, physical, structural, like, uh, psychological, physiological, all of those kind of examinations. Um, I'm already like kind of thinking, you know, I, I kind of know where at least like this person's constitution, but then I have to, you know, I have to ask, I have to infer and ask a lot of questions about, I mean, I, I can't look at a person and know if they, uh, you know, are having loose stools or if they're having constipation constantly, totally. you know what I mean? Like I have to, you know, ask a bunch of questions like that as well. Cause that is so important to how we operate as people is, <laughs> our our school <laughs> it is your digestion yes. yeah I am it's, a poop master that is. is what an Ayurvedic practitioner is all about actually. oh my god that's awesome I need, that. I need a poop master <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it totally makes sense I mean having a little person whenever we go to the doctor he goes in for a tummy ache they're like what does your poop look like there's just so much you can yeah. tell based on what your stool looks like yeah, exactly. I know. Um, we love to talk about poop. That's for sure. But it does tell you a lot about what's going on with a person. And I'm going to tell you what, like a lot of people think that um, sometimes their elimination is completely normal for them. And it's and it's not. So, you know, I even have pictures of different poop. I mean, it's all it's not like real poop or anything yeah. like that. It's just like a little fun um chart or whatever but oh yeah I've seen that in doctor's (laughs) office but I think you hit the nail like right on the head there when you said (laughs) that people think it's normal because it's normal for them they're like oh this is you know I've lived my whole life like dealing with this so it's fine and that's like you know (laughs) no yeah it's not and that's where I got like 
I've always had these feelings of like my own internal like issues of like I felt this forever but I've always known it's like not normal but especially in our society with digestive specifically like so many of us live in this state of um imbalance and abnormality because of just the diet that we have or the life that we live of like go 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 eating on the go this that and it's just some it takes so much time to figure out and so much change in your lifestyle for a lot of people that I feel like they're just like well I'm fine but like your life could be so much better if you were like you know things were moving how they should be yeah Yeah, exactly and you know you brought up a couple a couple of like really good really good points there. One being, it is really difficult for people. You know, that's why like, you know, as a practitioner, I see someone for a pretty long time and I give them just a few recommendations per week, some patients every other week um, to naturally like just build on each other and to not bombard them with all of these recommendations to do at once because it's not practical in someone's lives. Like obviously you have to think about You have to think about it like they have had these we call like uh, disharmonious habits, let's just say, for a really long time that has got them, you know, to where they're at, like maybe in an imbalanced state. So it's going to take them a long time to um, develop more harmonious habits in their Mm -hmm. life to put them in a more balanced state. So you know, and just meeting them with where they're at, like noticing if they're um, too overwhelmed and taking a step back. Um, You know, I have to work a lot with them on coming up with creative support and implementing these recommendations and stuff, because it's like, you know, Ayurveda is not about taking a pill and feeling better the next day. Like there are herbs and there are definitely things that you can do to find relief and comfort instantly. But a lot of things you have to practice on more of a regular basis. And Ayurveda says it's not what you do every now and then then to like that makes um, the biggest, you know, difference. Let's just say it's what you're doing on a daily basis. Right. Little choices every day. Yeah. So with the 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 dosha is just a little bit of a backtrack yes. here, just to be clear. Um, like is that that's like the first thing you would figure out with a person or try to figure out when they come to see you is like getting their um figuring out where their imbalance in their dosha is, like if they're too much vata or too much pitta, um, and how you would start to put in those like opposing things like because if you were too much vata and so you have too much heat is that when you would start to implement like okay you need to implement more like cooler or gentler practices to bring that down is that like how you would start with somebody is the is the doshas so kind of sort of so you want to you want to do a brief introduction of the doshas really quick and then i'll go into also some recommendations that will balance uh that particular dosha Mm -hmm. okay and i'll talk about to kind of you know after that like um i'll just walk you through what i do when i see a patient yeah that would be great because i think it's so important for um 
what do you call it, uh, practices, I guess, like this, that people are not sure of, especially holistic, is what to expect out of it. We all know what to expect yeah. of going to the doctor. You're going to get your blood checked, your heart checked, like all these things. And then you wait 15 minutes. The doctor comes in, says hi, bye. And you're like, well, what the fuck? Like now I walk out with a <laughs> prescription or something. Like I don't think they do. say bye. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. No, often the, just the last time I was at the doctor, honestly, I was like, is that it? Like, do I, do I leave now? Like, or I had <laughs> to ask him, I'm like, am I done? Or do I need to wait for do the nurse to come back in? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think having in a lot of people when they're exploring something new, but have no idea what to expect out of it, because maybe they have no one to talk to who has experienced it. Um, they they just, yeah, are just nervous about what to expect. So it'd be awesome. I think for people like, okay, yeah, that's not very overwhelming. And that would be something that I could definitely dip my toes into knowing that this is, uh, this is how it, how it starts out. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. So let's, let's talk about the doshas really mm-hmm. briefly. Um, yeah. I feel like we've kind of brushed on them a little bit already, but okay. So we have Vata, Pitta and Kapha. So Vata is the energy of movement. We can say because its main elements are air and ether. So it is, it's the only dosha that has that quality of mobility being air, like the wind, you can kind of think. So uh, its qualities, when you combine those two um, elements, are a tendency to be dry, light, cold, uh, mobile, and rough, along with some other things, but just just briefly, the, those kind of stuff. Um, so a person with vata predominant is blessed with a very like quick mind, uh, flexibility, creativity. They're the most creative of all of the doshas because they have that ether in them. And that is a very expansive, um, uh, it has a very expansive quality to that element. Mm -hmm. Um, so mentally they usually grasp concepts quickly, but then they forget them just as quickly. Uh, Quick note, uh, due to my test, I am Vata predominant. So, (laughs) um, they're alert, restless, and very active. Uh, Vata people walk, talk, and think fast, but are easily fatigued. They're definitely the kind of person like go, 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 go. They're definitely have a tendency to get dried out, burnt out, but Pitta too in a different kind of way that I'll talk about here in a minute. But so they tend to have less willpower, less confidence, boldness, and tolerance for fluctuation than any other types and often feel unstable and ungrounded. That's because they're the lightest of all of the doshas and they have that mobile quality. So they're, they have all of that like quick movement within them that tends to um, make them become ungrounded very easily. So when unbalanced, Vata types may become fearful, nervous, or anxious. That's too much movement in the mind. So again, you see that mobile quality. Uh, in the external world, Vata types tend to earn money quickly and spend it quickly. They are not good planners and as a consequence may suffer economic hardship. This is generally speaking too, by the way. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I almost spit my water out when yeah, I <laughs> earn, money quickly, earn money quickly and spend it quickly. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's. Does it, it has a picture of you. No, um, I don't know. You, you've got a lot of pitta in you too. Just wait. Okay. I'm, so... I'm Vata Pitta according to my quiz, but Vata oh, okay, yeah, like, that 
definitely yeah. makes sense. Um, Vata types have variable, variable appetite and digestion. So again, you see that mobile quality within them with the variability. Um, their day-to-day routine is kind of inconsistent and all over the place. And that is like the number one thing that causes them imbalance. So for balancing a Vata person, I'm just going to give you some, some quick points here of what I would do with a person that is mainly Vata imbalanced. Um, I would keep them warm, keep them calm, avoid cold, frozen, or raw foods, avoid extreme cold, eat warm foods and spices, keep a regular routine. Most of the doshas benefit from having a regular routine, but especially vata. That's one of the number one things that you can do for them to balance vata and balance it more quickly. Uh, Because of that mobile quality, that variability that we just talked about, they need structure. Mm -hmm. You know, they need a container for all of that, (laughs) that mobility, that air and ether. Uh, get plenty of rest. I mean, they can be very, very restless because they're so light in their mind, especially. Um, healthy oils in the diet, such as ghee, which want to talk about another idea for a podcast. I could spend a whole hour just talking about ghee. It's the most amazing thing ever. Um, I have not actually ever tried ghee, but I know it's all the the rage, especially in like these uh, uh, holistic ways. Um, I do have a, a quick question on the raw foods thing. Yes, is that that that's like anything like vegetables? Like I eat a lot of salads, so yep. I'm, I'm highly I'm more vata, and like that's that's where I'm imbalanced right now. To to my quiz here is what it told me, but. Um, because I'm always on the go and have no regular schedule right now. I'm doing a lot of salads for lunch and throwing like a protein on it. But would that be something as simple of like, instead of a salad, maybe I could do like, uh, saute some vegetables or roast vegetables for the week and then have the protein in those roasted vegetables and some like rice or something like that warm dish instead of that cold salad for lunch or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you pretty much nailed it. So salad, raw vegetables, all of that kind of stuff, a couple of things. They're hard to digest. And with that variability in the digestion, and they're also prone to constipation because of that lightness in their um, their intestines and their colon, uh, that's really hard for them to find that kind of like oily nourishment through the meal of like a really raw salad and raw Mm -hmm. vegetables and those kind of things. So a way to make that more balancing. And if a person is like, I have to have my salad, I mean, like I would even recommend take the whole salad and dump it in a frying pan and saute it for like a minute or two, you know, but yeah, something that's going to be a little bit more um, or a lot better and more balancing is a warm uh, cooked dish with some good oil, like a dollop of ghee on there. Yeah, some some roasted vegetables. Also, um, some things that are um, really helpful too is making sure it's spiced appropriately. Mm. Cumin, coriander, fennel, I'm sure you've heard of those, the three like Mm -hmm. magic digestion, uh, herb spices and Ayurveda. I mean, we make it into a tea to take in between meals if you're, you know, suffering from... um, 
digestive disturbances and things like that, CCFT. So those are great herbs. I just, I mix them together in a glass jar and like I throw them into soups and stews and sauteed vegetables, uh, make tea out of it, all kinds of things, but they really help in aiding in uh, better digestion. And that's the whole seed, whole cumin seed, whole coriander seed and whole fennel seed, just like it is. Like you don't have to, uh, you know, cook it, roast it, anything like that. Wow. I actually so haven't you- heard of, I like turmeric, um, from, for its anti-inflammatory, um, whatever things, but, uh, I, I didn't know that those other three were digestive powerhouses. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's one thing like, well, there's, there's a plethora of herbs and spices that, have medicinal, uh, effects to them. And that, that's the great thing about Ayurveda. Like you're just starting to, you know, create all of these kind of, um, you know, balancing dishes and routines and all of this kind of stuff that, um, you know, you never, you never really knew before. And you're looking at everything as a medicine. Mm -hmm. So we also say like, everything is a medicine for the right person. Right, you know, right. not like one thing is like bad for everyone or good for everyone. It's um, that's why it's so tailored to the individual, like your treatment program, like everyone is just so unique. Um, but yeah, I love that. Like looking at, you know, food as medicine because 90%, so 90% of digestive disturbances can be pretty much uh, treated with what we call guidelines for healthy eating. So that's how you're eating versus what you're eating. And the rest of it can be um, fixed in a sense with what you're eating and then food combinations. Uh, would be like the, last, the last thing that you're going to kind of look at if you're still having digestive disturbances. But this is another this is another thing with Vata type individuals. You know, you'll see them eating on the go, eating in the car, uh, eating while ra- walking around, eating while standing up. Um, those kind of things that create more like lightness, all of that mobility, all of that variability in their day to day, like they need to sit and um, say a little grace or have a little um, like maybe a couple of breaths before you eat, you know, just something as simple as that um, sitting without distraction. So that's one thing because they are so light and airy in their nature, they're very easily distracted. So, you know, having full conversations while you're eating and then you're like, whoa, how much did I just eat? And what did I just eat? Or watching TV while you're eating, like trying to eliminate all distractions and then focus on your food. And I guarantee some of the other guidelines uh, for healthy eating that come in later start to become much easier to do, like eating to the point that you're 75% full with you're focusing on your food and what you're eating without distractions, then you probably notice when you've had enough mm-hmm. and you don't overeat. Mm-hmm. Also having more regular routines also means having regular meal times. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, with the, for me personally, just not having a regular routine most of the time. Um, yeah, I'm eating on the go. It might take me like an hour or two hours to finish my breakfast because I like bring it to work and I'm taking like one bite at a time. And yeah, yeah, I rarely sit down for a meal and like, 
um, without having to basically inhale it if I am sitting down to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, all of those things are, that's, that's what we work on, like becoming more mindful and aware. And, you know, we use the approaches like uh, getting back to taking meals um, in an appropriate state of mind. Um, and also like food that is made with love in a comfortable environment. Mm-hmm. Um, like all of those kind of things. It's called food sadhana. It's making food sacred again. I mean, that's how it, that's how it started. I mean, we should be so fortunate. Right, Especially and with the whole eating seasonally thing. Cause I mean, we can go to the grocery store and get a banana. Do bananas grow in Tahoe in right. the Pacific Northwest? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It gets shipped over and it gets picked like, super duper ripe you know and then it travels all this way and you just gotta you really gotta think of that a lot of people and and too you know like helping with gut health I mean gosh I have seen so many uh people that are having all of these symptoms and diseases that are coming from usually the gut Mm -hmm. uh you know not not eating you know, the, the, the right foods, of course, are seasonally correct foods or whatever, but they just don't have that, um, really healthy gut microbiome that mm. is needed to, you know, really, uh, digest properly, assimilate property properly. So what it's doing is it's creating toxic material in the body, which we call in Ayurveda as ama. So that alma goes in different tissues of the body and cre- creates disease. And if it's there, and if it's there for a long period of time, it starts off in the digestive system. Then it starts to um, almost in a sense, like travel to different areas of the body and create more deeper disease to, let's just say, like weakened areas of the body. Well, so that's why I like coming back to it. Uh, the digestive system and working with that is what we say is the root of all of all disturbances of all disease mm-hmm. what a trip yeah so um yeah so what I was saying about vata going back to that so healthy oils in the diet such as ghee which I just want to say about ghee really quick <laughs> It is one of the best forms of butyrate that you can possibly take. And what? um, It's butyrate. butyrate. I'm writing that down right now. (laughs) It it like feeds those uh, healthy uh, microbes in your gut and, um, you know, in your intestines and stuff. So is that, would that be compared to like in most simple, I, I think layman's terms of like what, people's idea of a a probiotic would do for you like the probiotics are like the healthy bacteria like like the what is it butyrate or like prebiotics too it's what they it's what the microbes eat okay yeah it's what plants crave yes (laughs) (laughs) it's what it's oh. what plants crave. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Reference to uh, such a great movie. Yeah, what movie? What movie is that? Uh, um, Idiocracy. Yeah, it's what plants yes. crave. <laughs> Wait, what was the what was the name of the um? Brondo. The, okay, the, it was like a it was like a Gatorade. 
Yes. Oh. <laughs> it has electrolytes or something like that. Yeah, oh, my god. oh my god. It's a classic. Had to, y'all. Um, so uh, yeah, that, so then ghee, that really yes. good ghee. goodness is like yeah, super healthy, for- super healthy oil, good for the gut. Um, but it's very it's very, very nourishing. And a lot of times in Ayurveda, we cook herbs into it and make medicated ghees Ooh. for the patient. Oh wow. So Anyway, um, yeah, so ghee's in the body, but also on the skin. There's a body therapy that we call abhyanga, and it's a self-massage with oil. And it is like, oh, my God, it's like the best thing ever. But it's super balancing to uh, vata because they have a tendency to be very dry. So we want to increase oils on the skin as well as internally in the diet. So it's a, it's a great way to ground Vata is through Abhyanga. All of the generalizations that you're saying with Vata, like, I mean, I've known Taryn for years and there's just so many things where I'm like, oh my God, that's Taryn. Oh my God, that's Taryn. Like, there's just so many. And I think that we should do a little experiment since I didn't do my test that like maybe, maybe you could just try. I mean, I don't know if you can do this, but like, just seeing me virtually and like meeting me for the t- first time, maybe you could be like, these are your, um, what is it called? What are they called? The your doshas, your pr- yeah. doshas. You could like try to like test to see what my go- doshas are. And then I could take the test and then we could come back and visit and be like, is that like how close, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you do can that, be, cause I want to guess too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can, you can be my, um, my fake patient on here. Yeah. yeah. um okay cool so let's move on really quick to pitta and kappa and then and then we'll do that so pitta is mostly fire which is a little bit of water so you don't complete completely burn it out so its qualities when you have mostly fire but just a tiny little bit of water to buffer is going to be hot and sharp light uh oily and spreading so i mean obviously you can think of a fire when you think of like pitta hot sharp light qualities um, so the Pitta body type is one of medium height and build, and they can have more of a, like a ruddy complexion to them. Um, when, so those with Pitta dominant constitutions have a strong metabolism, uh, good digestion and strong appetites. They're the type of person that they have to eat three meals a day. And if they miss a meal, then they might get a little hangry. Um, uh, when out of balance, they, they can become very agitated and short tempered. They can also experience things like, uh, anger, jealousy, resentment. Those kind of things are, um, Pitta emotions, like when out of balance. So mentally Pitta types are alert and intelligent and they have good powers of comprehension. Um, they, however, like they're easily aggressive and toward tend towards hate, anger, and jealousy when in balance, like I just mentioned. So in the external world, Pitta people like to be leaders and planners, and they seek material prosperity. They like to exhibit their wealth and possessions. So a general guideline for balancing Pitta, again, you know, thinking of the terms like, like increases like and um, opposites balance. So because they're like their hot, sharp, light, oily qualities, you're going to avoid the excessive heat and the excessive oil. Um, avoid excessive steam. So 
all that heat increases the already hot quality of pitta and brings in balance. So like they're the dosha that you don't want to put them in the sauna, you know, all day long. You don't want to put them in hot yoga classes, those kind of things. Uh, you want to limit your salt intake. You want to eat cooling, non-spicy foods, you know, all the pungent spices and super hot heating foods will just, you know, increase those hot qualities. Uh, again, exercise during the cooler part of the day. And practice self-care, compassion, non-judgment. Um, you want to rest to avoid burnout. So starting to in, uh, incorporate practices like within their routine that just slow them down, which is hard for a Pitta person because they constantly want, they are also like a type. They just want to go, 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 do, do, do. They're planners, they're organizers, um, you know, they're workers, those kind of kind of things. So slowing them down, might not be, you know, a recommendation that they agree with in the beginning, but once they do it, they're like, Oh my God, I feel so much better, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely been very pitta and have realized like over the past, like past years or whatever, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like all of that hot yoga, all of that drive, that competition, all of those kind of things just kept increasing um, and throwing me out of balance, you know? So now it's like, I love more restorative types of yoga, yin yoga, more meditation, like those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I don't, I definitely see it becoming, you know, out of balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it was hard reading the descriptions of like both of them because I definitely feel like over like usually I'm kind of a a pretty good mix of both. Like I'm not the vata body type at all, but I feel like my brain works more in the vata um and I'm like colder. I've always had dry skin since I was a kid. So yeah, there's like I I feel like I should be perfectly in the middle of them for sure, but it just depends <laughs> on the season of life, whether I'm imbalanced out of like more pitta or more vata, but I feel like I'm usually imbalancing in the vata range. Yeah. And you know, um, maybe an imbalanced state is uh, disguising itself too, like as a part of your um, constitution. Hmm. You know, maybe that's just been imbalanced for so long or mm-hmm. something. Um, okay, so kappa. So kappa is the energy of lubrication. So it is earth and water. It is heavy, slow, <laughs> cool, oily, smooth, um, dense, stable, gross, cloudy. Um, and that cloudy, like I mentioned before, also has like a sticky component to it. I mean, you know, you can imagine when you put uh, earth and water together, it's almost like you get mud. And so it has, the water has this like very cohesive quality to it. So they are the ones that can become very easily attached to people and things, you know, sometimes materialistic things and, and, and stuff like that. Um, so one of the, the best ways to balance a, a, a cup of person is letting go like even purging, like cleaning out a closet or something like that, you know, because they have a tendency to um, just become attached to all of these things and they don't want to let anything go, almost like stuck. Uh, So, but they're blessed with strength, 
strength, endurance, and stamina. Like they have the most stamina of all of the doshas. Um, In balance, they also have sweet, loving dispositions, and they're very stable and grounded of the doshas. Uh, That sweet, loving disposition comes from the the watery qualities, too, or, you know, the fluidity qualities of the water. But their skin is oily and smooth. So, again, you know, they've got all that water in them. Uh, physically, couple of people may gain weight easily and have a slow metabolism. So they are the type of dosha that can be perfectly fine with having like two meals a day and having one like kind of medium sized meal, maybe, and then one super light meal. Um, they're also a, a dosha that really benefits from like things like intermittent fasting, even though that's really not Ayurveda, but I'm just kind of throwing it in there. Um, (laughs) So they, they tend to shun exercise. They're a little bit harder to get up and go in the morning. You know, they can tend to really like their sleep and oversleep. They have thick skin and their bodies and muscles are well-developed. Their eyes are large and attractive with thick, long lashes and brows. So gen- general guidelines for like balancing a kappa person, uh, you always want to recommend exercise, anything that's going to help them get up and go and create more energy and less stagnation in their body and in their mind. Uh, obviously, like avoiding heavy foods, nothing fried, no, uh, very little amounts of dairy, sugar, grains, um, those kind of things. So keeping active, um, let's see, avoiding ice food or drinks, especially like ice cream before bed, those kind of things, something that's cold and, uh, you know, a form of dairy and that's, you know, really late before bed is going to increase kappa in the body and in the mind. So varying your routine. We've talked about like having your regular routine for the rest of the doshas and and a regular routine is good for all three, but some variation in there is good for kappa because they already have a tendency to become, um, I don't know, just kind of stagnant and lazy and stuck. So it's good to kind of mix it up for them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just adding in some excitement there and eating more light and dry food. Like that's not something that I would recommend to a Vata type person, but to a cup of person, you know, obviously opposites balance. So because they have this earth and water and they have these heavy, uh, you know, sticky, gross qualities, then you want to lighten them up. So very light, uh, drying foods, anything dry to dry up a lot of that water. So they are the ones that, um, have a tendency to get very congested. Hmm. Interesting. Too much, um, you know, too much of that, uh, kind of watery qualities in the respiratory system. Um, My mom is a kappa. I've just decided. Yeah. (laughs) I saw that question on this quiz about congestion. That's, that's interesting that, uh, now I know why, like, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, some of the herbs and stuff that you would give a, a, 
a coffee, a coffee type person. Like I won't even sometimes even try them. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. I mean, that would totally throw my pitta off, but they're pretty pungent. You know, you're looking at like clove and, um, uh, cayenne and, you know, eucalyptus and all of these things that are, you know, really hot heating, drying, uh, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and then of course, no daytime naps, like daytime sleeping is contraindicated, especially for, uh, a kappa person. They're only really good for a vata person who is extremely uh, needing it. And then they're, they usually won't, won't adhere to that rejuvenation. <laughs> but if they need some rejuvenation and they're tired, they, they need a daytime nap, nap, but not so much for kappa. That just increases that, that dullness, that lethargy in their mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then I mentioned before practicing letting go and non-attachment. So kind of getting down to the subtleties of those kind of things, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so having all that information on those three, like, and having just met Amber only virtually, um, I'm sure like there's probably just a couple of questions, like maybe two or three questions that you'd be able to ask her. Like, what would you say her, her primary was I don't know is that the right term to say your primary or how do you like well you would say so Amber do you want to you want to know like more of your um your constitution or maybe like your imbalances right now yes to both <laughs> so what would okay. be the difference your constitution that's where what you that's like your most balanced with? state oh, okay so that that's that's your most balanced state that is the um, pretty much ratio of the doshas that you are born with. So that's kind of what you want to get back to. Um, and then, you know, any of the doshas can be out of balance. I mean, Mm -hmm. Vata is usually the dosha that goes out of balance the easiest and the quickest because it has the mobile quality. So, I mean, if you're traveling a bunch, you might experience, you know, a Vata imbalance more easily, you know, Mm -hmm. with all that, um, movement and stuff that's happening, Mm -hmm. but Okay, so uh, constitution, let's see. Um, so what's your long-term um, tendencies towards stress? Like, are you a type of person that um, you have to, well, let's let's look at projects actually. So are you a type of person like you have to finish and complete something? Are you a type of person that you have all of these projects started, but none of them finished? Are you the type of person that you're slow to get started, but when you do, like you, it might take you a little bit longer, but you'll eventually finish and stick to the plan. I would definitely say I'm the latter of the three. So I'm the one where I have to like, if there's a project in front of me, I need to sit and think about it for a long, long time and make sure that I have like everything right. And like, I've got all the stuff in the place and then I'll sit and think about it a little bit more. And then once I take action on that, I try my hardest to bust it out, finish it and hopefully complete it. But I'm definitely a 95 percenter when it comes to projects. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. I'm actually going to bring up really quick. Just one of my consultations. So (laughs) yeah, totally. 
I'm like all of this stuff that you're saying as someone who has never heard or like I'm coming into this with blind eyes um yeah it all makes so much sense like I'm an environmentalist so like all the all the herbs and like all the elements and stuff it just once you have like broken it down it just it's like a click it's it just makes so much sense yeah um I love the herbal side of things too right like there's such good wonderful uh potent and magical medicines totally they're pretty pretty incredible and it it helps you give intention to like if you're trying to spice a dish it gives you intention towards like what these spices are not going to only bring to your palate but like to your gut Mm -hmm. yeah Exactly. Okay. So let's talk about appetite for you. Um, so you're the type of person, like you like to eat three meals a day and you rarely skip meals. Are you a type of person like you prefer to eat frequently, but your hunger level is variable and sometimes you forget to eat. So there's a lot of variability in your day to day. Are you type of person like eh, two to three meals a day, but you can go without eating with no discomfort? Um, definitely the three meals a day person. Um, and if I go without, I definitely do the hangry and get irritable thing. Um, and I love food so much. So I'm like eating, (laughs) (laughs) I try to eat as much as possible. (laughs) Uh, so, um, have you been like that for most of your life? Yes. I, I consider myself. And then like, even when I think back to myself as a child, as a food opportunist, <laughs> if food is there, <laughs> it's going in my mouth and I'm going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I love that. I am right there with you actually. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, body temperature. Um, do you often feel cold and prefer warmer climates? Do you feel warm most of the time, no matter what the climate is? Like you're the type of person that you will probably kick off the covers in the middle of the night if like you're too warm or it might wake you up. Um, Or do you adapt easily to most conditions, but tend to feel on the cooler side? The third. Yeah, definitely. Because I've been plunging recently and um, with, which I generally do run pretty cold, but with the plunges, I feel like I've been able to like adapt to the cold. By that, you mean cold plunges into the Puget Sound, correct? Cold plunges into the Puget Sound. Yes. Awesome. Um, What about sleep? Uh, How is your sleep? Like, for most of your life, do you tend to sleep soundly and awaken with ease? Like you're ready to go in the morning for the day. You feel great. Do you tend to have more of like a deeper, longer sleep and it can be difficult for you to wake up in the morning? Or do you sleep like very lightly awakened by the smallest little thing and it can be difficult for you to go back to sleep? Um, It has changed uh, after becoming a mom I've become a bit of a light sleeper like I could still go to sleep easily and I sleep pretty good throughout the night but after becoming a mom I usually wake up once in the middle of the night and sometimes it takes me a long time to get back to sleep but other times I'm like nope she's out but I I sleep is very important to me yeah you know just with those couple of questions like and I know that we're kind of on a 
time schedule here or whatever. Um, you know, I think more at your constitution, you might be more of a pitta with a little bit of kappa in there, but then maybe you're experiencing uh, a vata imbalance. And a lot of times women do like after they have uh, babies, because there's that, um, I don't want to say missing piece, but almost like a, a void within you that you've carried with you for a while. So it's a uh, natural mm -hmm. to have a vata imbalance, like right after giving birth. How long ago did you have a baby? Seven whole years ago. <laughs> How long? Seven years. Okay. So you probably are not experiencing that because of that, but it's just really easily, um, vata is very easily imbalanced because of its mobile quality. So usually that's like the first dosha that goes out of balance for most people. But, oh, okay. So if you want to talk about digestion and elimination for a second, if you want to get, you know, that real with things, um, do you ever experience things like gas or bloating or heartburn or acidity or feeling heavy or sleepy after eating? Uh, heavy and sleepy after eating, gas and bloating, yes. Okay. Yeah. How are your bowel movements for most of your life? Do you use the bathroom like every day? Yeah. Um, so you never skip days or anything like that? Uh, if, if there's something going on in my body, yeah, I'll skip days or yeah, I'll wait. Or like my body will wait to go till later in the day. But for the most part, I'm pretty consistently going to the bathroom in the morning or shortly after I leave the house or by noon. If it doesn't come, I'm kind of like, what is going on? Yeah, right. Um, is it with regularity and ease or do you have, you still have a bowel movement, but sometimes with straining and difficulty, like, is it, does it seem to move through you a little bit slower? Uh, it definitely moves a little bit slower. Like there's definitely an effort there. And I remember hearing something in a podcast about how, like, when you go pee and when you go poop, it should just like go and ever since I heard that, I was like, huh, I'm like going to pay attention to that. And so I have since I heard that in that podcast and I was like, well, I mean, a lot of the times when I go pee, I'm like, get it out, get it out. Got to go like, hurry up. Like, let's get this process over with. So I, I don't know if that's like the Russian me or like if it's the process. Right, right. Yeah. See, kappa type individuals, things just move the, through them a little bit slower. They have a slower metabolism. So it's almost like, you know, the analogy we used earlier of that earth and water, it's like mud. So sometimes their stools can be like that sticky quality as well and just take a while. They can be well formed, but just slow. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you were a pitta type person, it's your constitution, then sometimes through your life, if you, uh, you know, become more imbalanced, you would have a tendency towards looser stools. Got it. And then a vata type person, because that air and ether, you know, their, their dry qualities or whatever, they might have a tendency to have more constipation. Okay. So, you know, even these, what, what you think of, of maybe imbalances, like if you've been that way for most of your life, like, okay, like usually I'm balanced, but if, I tend to have some of these patterns can also tell you like what your constitution is. So anyway, it's, it, it's a little bit more difficult because it's like, I have a two hour 
um, initial consultation with a patient. And that's me asking them a ton of questions and going over many pages of paperwork they've already previously filled out. But I want to know as much detail about them as possible because I'm trying to see which doshas rule in their body and their mind and um, which ones are out of balance. And then I also look at their uh, physical characteristics. I take a pulse um, diagnosis. I look at their tongue. We haven't even really hit on tongue. So the tongue tells you a lot of what's going on in the body. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll do like a more like a, a physical abdominal um, exam and those kind of things like in person. So it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I take all of that information. And like, I tell people like, okay, the initial consultation is the longest visit It's two hours. And then every visit after that is only an hour, like 45 minutes to an hour. But um, mm -hmm. after the initial consultation is the report of findings. And it's an hour long visit where I pretty much tell you like, this is the percentages that I got for your constitution. And this is what I have for your imbalances. And these are the first couple of recommendations that I'm going to give you to start to get back into balance. I also give them about like a 15, 20 minute educational piece um, of like the principles, the basics of Ayurveda, especially if they don't know a lot about Ayurveda, um, but very basic. And then from there, I kind of introduce like a new term or concept or something like that with every visit. We talk about it. So it's almost like the visits have a theme. Uh, we go over the recommendations that I've already given you. Are you um, successful with them? Are you having challenges? Can I give you some creative support? Um, and then, you know, I give you new recommendations. I also check in on herbs, what's going on with the herbs. I make all of my own herbal formulas. So, um, and through many different methods of administering herbs. So we have nasya and it's a medicated oil that goes in through the nasal cavity. I oh, have wow. abhyanga, which are, you know, um, herbs cooked in oils that supply to the body through a self-massage, you know, herbs in the form of churna, which are um, powdered crushed herbs. So you would just mix it in with, you know, water or fennel tea or milk or something like that. Um, you know, capsules, uh, tinctures, we have tinctures, but it's not really classical Ayurveda. Um, yeah. All kinds of geese. That's my favorite favorite form of um administering medicine through is geese because it has a special action of being able to penetrate deep within the body and um do its job it has a lot of benefits to it so anyway those are just some of the things and i don't know like you know talking to you you seem very pitta at your core your face looks a little wow. bit more pitta um, mm -hmm. there is, you know, your nose has a little bit of a pointiness to it. So some sharp qualities to the structure of your face, mm -hmm. your cheeks are a little rosy. Um, what's your hair like? Have you colored your hair ever? Well, that's colored at the base and then at the top is my natural. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you, you look like you have like a medium amount of hair, I would imagine like the individual strands are a little bit more fine and you yeah. probably are prone to be a little bit more oily at the scalp. Yep. Is that it? Yeah. Then I feel like you nailed it. I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. And honestly, 
when when you were reading stuff about Pitta and I was like I was like oh that's me that's me it's just and and like yes we are complex human beings like all of us there's yep. it, there's a little bit of all of this in mm-hmm. us but yeah when you were talking about Pitta I was like oh my gosh that's me yeah I was thinking you were more Pitta and then like the Vata and Kappa I feel like just depending on on where you're at and life will be like more or less like maybe right now leaning towards like a little more vata and less like copper or something but like I think Pitta was the I was like yeah I think she's a little more that <laughs> yeah and you have all three of the doshas in you right you know? yeah. and you go through so now you can kind of see like I mentioned earlier like full circle here uh the different times of your life being mm-hmm. ruled by different doshas right. so when you're a kid like you're naturally like a little bit more um, made up of earth and water. Things are a little bit more fluid there, right? You might have a little extra cushion on you, let's just say. Um, You tend to have those like watery cup of qualities, more congested, you get a little sick, you know, all of that kind of stuff or whatever. Um, And then as you move into the pit of time of life, which is your midlife, that's your working life. So you're driven, you're determined. Maybe there's a little, you know, more competition there or whatever, but you're just more focused. And then as you go into the Vata time of life, which is later on in life, um, then things start to naturally uh, break down just like they do in life, you know, so they become thinner and lighter. and naturally drier. I mean, that's just the way that uh, the natural like uh, evolution is of things, you know. So that's that yeah, cool. totally makes sense. Now, so that was kind of like you, like you said, your initial like that's what someone would uh, would happen if they came in to see you for the first time. You're going well, obviously, like just all those questions, like questions similar to what you've asked Amber, but, you know, 10, 20 times, whatever that just so much more deep diving and getting into yeah. finding where those, so that you can find out where their imbalances are and following up those shorter appointments, you're like, you would be giving a, I don't know if, again, if like treatment plan per se is the right term, but you would, would that be like nutrition advice that you're saying you try, try this and whether or not that person needs to change up their exercise routine, whether that's like, okay, you're more kappa, you need to maybe get a little bit more or maybe more pitta and like, okay, ease back on the intensity or, or the heat, uh, like less hot yoga or something. And, and then see how it would go from, from there with those kinds of uh, suggestions, diet, exercise type suggestions? Yeah, a little bit of all of the above. Um, I worked with, I work with food programs, Mm -hmm. um, which I was just thinking today, I think I'm going to start developing my own uh, food programs, determining like what the, you know, just kind of based on maybe more specific diseases that I'm working with, with the patient. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So I have, you know, Vata food plans. I've got Pitta food plans, Kappa food plans, or if you're dual dosha or if you're out of balance, um, you know, with all three doshas, then it's called Sanipatika, which is also tridosha. So, you know, maybe I work with a food plan like that that are very specific. And the foods on there are usually 
Um, are they heating or are they cooling? Um, and then that goes into a whole nother conversation of, you know, we've got Ayurvedic taste, you know, what are the best tastes for each dosha and what foods are included in all of that. So yeah, so different spices, different foods, um, like I mentioned earlier, guidelines for healthy eating. So how are you eating your food? So I might give them one guideline at a time. I usually the structure I try to use is body, mind and spirit. So at the most three recommendations with each visit, but a lot of times I end up scaling back with a patient because it tends to be a lot um, after, you know, we've seen each other like three or four weeks or so, uh, but something for their body, something for the mind, something for their spirit. Um, you know, obviously like I, I make herbal formulations, so I recommend those for certain types of things. Um, I recommend body therapy. So maybe they need more oil on their body and I would recommend Abhyanga and teach them how to do it. Maybe I introduce neti to them and teach them how to cleanse and clear out their nasal passages, especially in the winter and going into the spring. If you have a lot of kapha in you and you're constantly suffering from um, congestion and things like that, it's a great tool for kapha or even sinusitis for um, pitta and things like that, you know, just to clean all of that uh, debris. I mean, detoxifying the body is a huge part of Ayurveda. I mean, I create panchakarma cleanses for my patients. Well, it's cleanses, but some patients need rejuvenation. So whatever the program might be, I, I create these, um, more in depth, um, kind of, you know, programs, protocols, you could say that you would actually go to a panchakarma treatment center and, um, and, and, and get, and that's actually where I'm, what I'm moving towards from being an Ayurvedic practitioner. I'm already a Ayurvedic health, like cancel counselor practitioner. Now, uh, right now in this internship, I'll be done in the spring and that will give me my clinical Ayurvedic specialist practitioner Ooh. license. And then from there, uh, I'll do a uh, panchakarma training. So oh, I want to wow. be a panchakarma pretty much, um, certified and being able to do panchakarmas and oversee panchakarmas, uh, on patients. So Ayurvedic body worker, you know, panchakarma therapist, all of that kind of stuff. And then I definitely want to dive deeper into, um, herbs. So the herbalist side of things, and that's kind of where I'm going with all of this kind of stuff. Cause I imagine one day, like my, you know, my dream, my goal, my plans is to have more of, um, like a wellness center. Awesome. So that's what I was going to say, like with everything, obviously we could just go on and on about every little thing. I <laughs> it's so interesting and there's so much to it. Um, but I do definitely want to talk about like your, your journey where like how you got into it and it, it might have to be like a little, you know, consolidated, but, yeah. um, like what brought you to it and like what, where you're at now, obviously you're going to be finishing up what you just said there and continuing on and what your big goals and dreams of it are. But real quick, before you get into that, what is Panchakarma exactly? So Panchakarma is, um, uh, a detoxing cleanse or sometimes will have involved like a rejuvenation. So it's, it's, again, it's unique to the patient. So if a patient comes to me and 
They're very frail and they're weak. They have a high Vata imbalance and say they are, you know, past their 40s. And let's just say they're like 65 years old or something like that. They would not be able to physically or mentally undergo like a deep detoxification. So they, I would put them on a rejuvenation plan, which means they would need to tonify the body and the mind and build. So that would incorporate a lot of rest and those kind of herbs and body treatments, such as I mentioned the Abhyanga, you know, lots of oil massages on the body. And it would also incorporate what we call Shiradara. You might've heard of that before. And it is warm oil that is dripped on the third eye for an extended period of time. And it really helps with things like anxiety and insomnia and a lot of those um, kind of uh, vata-like imbalances in the mind. Mm -hmm. So just things like that. But I mean, if a couple person came to me and I designed like a panchakarma plan for them, then it would be, they have more stamina and they need to get rid of some of that extra earth and water so they could undergo maybe a deep detox. So my treatment program for them is going to be completely different. So that's kind of like what Panchakarma is, but you have to look into it. Like you can go to centers. It can be anywhere from like two days to 30 days. I mean, you can go to homes in India that are a lot less pricey, um, but they're, it's, you know, you, you, you stay there essentially, and you live there and you eat Ayurvedic, um, very pure cleansing, organic foods, and they take care of you. And, um, you do these body treatments every, every day, and you can go for certain, uh, specific ailments and diseases. Um, you know, if you have, uh, cancer, MS, um, you know, just even things like in, insomnia, anxiety, you want to lose weight, like whatever it is, you know, I mean, it's pretty much like a tailored program for you. And it's, um, yeah, I don't know, it's becoming more popular, you have to look into it. I mean, it can be very expensive as well. But anyway, so that's something I also do. And then something that I want to oversee in the future. But a little bit about my background. So yeah, I, uh, I actually started off um going to school for uh, nursing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I totally forgot. That's like, yeah, you and Liz, you know, had in such common was like that Western medicine, that route of, of nursing. And um, yeah, because you were doing that back when you were up in Greenwater, weren't you going to school? Yeah. Nursing then? Yeah, I wanted to be a traveling nurse. And um God, it was just crazy because the thing that stopped me in my tracks was just some things that happened in my more personal life and kind of threw a wrench in my plan or just like a little bit of a break. And um, I don't know, it's just kind of like one of those epiphanies in life that just make you kind of turn inward and just start to question things, you know, and um, I live my life more on a preventative uh, lifestyle kind of side. And I was volunteering at the hospital actually at, at, um, good, good Sam um, and Puyallup and finished up my classes at Pierce College and was just pretty much applying to nursing schools. And then that's when everything kind of changed for me. But 
I didn't enjoy volunteering in the hospital and being in that setting. And I, you know, hindsight, I wish that anything that you're ever thinking about doing as a lifelong career or however long you decide to do it, like, I think you should just like totally do it yeah, and find a way to, um, you know, shadow intern, whatever, and see what it's really like instead of spending years and lots of money to like go to school or whatever, thinking that you're wanting to do something. A whole other part of it. We talk a lot about uh, on this podcast, just just the ass backwardness of our society. (laughs) And that's one of them is that pick something, go to school, study it forever and ever, but you don't get hands-on experience until you know, you put all that time in and then first time, like really into it, you're like, whoa, not for me at all. As as much as like even going to be a surgeon or something and you go through so much school first before you actually are are cutting someone open and you're like, oh God, not for me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, Yeah, I, I wish I would have done that, but I didn't and whatever. And, um, I decided like to take a little break and kind of just, you know, do my thing and a lot more traveling or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to, I had looked at the California college of Ayurveda cause I thought about chiropractor being a chiropractor. I thought about, um, acupuncture. I thought about a little bit of everything kind of in that, you know, alternative medicine, holistic healthcare kind of realm. And I went to, check out the California College of Ayurveda and um, just wasn't too sure yet. So that's when I decided to go to India and do my yoga teacher certification. And out there, it was just, you know, Ayurveda is just, that's what they do. It's natural to them. Yeah. Yeah. It it totally is. It's a little different or whatever, but I went to, I had a really beautiful, profound program that I did in India. And it was a lot of emotional, um, relieving like emotional blockage, trauma, and all kinds of things like that, and had an emphasis on naturopathic medicine. Um, Even though it was a yoga program, it was crazy. And so that was the reason I picked that one, because that was what I was most interested in. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hopefully, this will open up some doors, some opportunities, like some um, clarity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it did. I, I decided that that's what I wanted to do was Ayurveda. It just kind of solidified that fact for me. And so as soon as I came back to the States, I pretty much enrolled immediately into CCA's, um, Ayurvedic health counselor program. So now, yeah. now um, so you started that in 2019 did, yes. and obviously like moved away from California, but they always had the option you were kind of doing it remotely anyway but did the did 2020 like halt or change anything for you did it really slow down your process into into finishing up this year or would it did you were you able to like kind of stay the the same course uh well both (laughs) I mean it changed things entirely in that it went you know mainly virtually during COVID And of course I moved, Mm -hmm. which I wasn't really expecting that to happen. Um, And everyone was doing everything virtually, but what I was waiting for was uh, it was more like a hybrid program for the internships where, you know, you'd have so many weeks of online training and then you would do maybe a little bit of, um, excuse me. So 
Yeah, online training, but then you would also go to the school and do on-site training for a few weeks. Right. And COVID like threw a wrench in that. They were doing everything online. And I was like, how can I do this all online? Like it's a patient practitioner kind of um, thing, you know, where it's just like you need that in-person training to see real people, you know? Well, and just knowing you personally, too, of being like a social person and like liking, loving that human connection, I imagine that that's probably something that the reason you wanted to even be in healthcare at all, even as a Western medicine nurse, is just like your care for for people and health in general. And so especially then going the holistic route, it's like, wait a second, how this kind of taking things into a a realm that you didn't expect to by even going this way yeah and you know I mean Ayurveda is still like overall it's still pretty much a baby you know I mean I went to CCA is known to be like one of the top three schools in the nation but that being said there's pros and cons to every program you know Mm -hmm. I don't think that any of them are perfect in a sense you know I don't even think that exists but um but I was looking for something a little bit more hands-on and in person and I was upset. And so I definitely took a little time off. I think just only, I don't know, like the duration of one program. So like six or seven months. And then I was like, I can't, I can't take any more time off. I want to continue this, you know, and they were not going to change back the program to being, all on-site training and so I was like well I might as well just continue on and keep keep moving forward with um, my education and so you know I'm glad I did this is by far my my most favorite part of the journey so far is this internship has been incredible I have an amazing supervisor who has been in her own practice for close to 20 years. And I can't even imagine like being an Ayurvedic practitioner like 20 years ago. Um, But my, you know, my most favorite, most knowledgeable mentors, that's pretty much like when they started. And so they've just, you know, been developing their, their practice and um, also studying with, just some amazing people in the field uh, of Ayurveda. Like it's pretty incredible. But anyway, so I get to work directly with her and um, I get to treat, you know, just a more array of deeper diseases and just get out of the, um, just treating the digestive system, which still that's so important. And that's the foundation that, so that's still always where we start, Mm -hmm. but I can do so much more. I mean, my scope of practice is um, just really more like in depth and, you know, the Panchakarma piece, like I mentioned before, and making all of my own herbal herbal medicines. I mean, the, the uh, herbal medicine making workshop itself, like I got to go to the college with all of my colleagues and study there and have this training. And it was amazing. And I'm like, I, I wish that, I would have had, um, more experiences like that, Right, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, it's been, um, a really difficult journey at the same time. Uh, it's, 
I feel like it, it's hard when you're studying something like this because you have to, and it's very enlightening too at the same time, but you have to become it before you can be a practitioner for other people. You know, you have to live it and um, experience it yourself. And so when you become more mindful and aware of what you're doing on a regular basis in your life, you just start to go really deep within and notice and learn things about yourself. Um, it's a beautiful process, but just like a patient's process, it can be, yeah. you know, up, up and down. Um, and you up on some demons that you're like, oh, <laughs> had yeah. no idea you were there, my friend. Yeah, let's well, get to know each other. Yeah, and like you said in the beginning Definitely. of um, Ayurveda being like the sister of yoga, is like, and what the big saying in yoga is that you're always a student. So I'd imagine like with Ayurveda, it's like you're still always going to be your own student because seasons of life everything like you said everything's always changing so you yourself are um, also experiencing those imbalances of doshas and whatnot throughout your life as things change that you can't prevent because we all can plan as much as we want and have as much of a routine as we want but you just never know like at any point in your day or life that something's going to happen that kind of throws that out of whack. Like I said, even if it's just for a, a simple day that you just wake up not feeling good or get a flat tire on your way to work or something, and it just throws everything off for that day or week uh, that, but you being the practitioner as well, you know, just having those tools. Yes. Um, like a little bit more readily available just because you yourself have practiced it over and over. So as someone, you know, who starts to go through that process, if I started to work with you, I'd imagine I would too get there someday of, of having the tools readily available, but yeah, you're still going to go through the times of like, okay, which one am I going out for the shed to the shed for today? What tool do I need? Like take some time to figure out sometimes, but yeah, totally. And I mean, yeah, you're just constantly, you know, learning through this process, like a, a, about yourself, and of course, about others. And you know, you do you have the right tools aware, you know, when you come out of balance, or you're, you know, you're suffering from something that life has thrown at you, you, you know, you know how to um, balance yourself and kind of conquer it. And you have those tools in your back pocket. And that's always what I kind of describe to patients. It's like, yeah, it might be a little pricey to see a practitioner in the beginning, but it's something like, you know, you don't have to see a practitioner forever or even go back in the, in, in the future, unless you want to dive a little bit deeper into maybe the spiritual side of things or something like you always have those tools in your back pocket to go back to when you become out of balance, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like these tools that you have for, um, for right. life. Yeah. But you know what? I just want to say this really quick too. It's like, we're all human. And so that's one thing that, you know, I want to always reiterate to myself and to my patients. It's like, we're not perfect. We're all, we're all human, even us as practitioners and stuff. It's just, you know, like developing maybe more harmonious, like practices for ourselves or whatever. But yeah, of course we've got, you know, bad days and bad moments and <clears throat> times where, believe me, through this process, I've just wanted to throw in the towel mm -hmm. and go back and finish school for nursing. And I'm yeah. like, that is not 
me listening to my soul, that's definitely me listening to more of um, my ego. And, and that's the thing too, like, you know, I don't, I don't teach my patients this in the beginning, but it is something that I wanted to mention. So we, in Ayurveda, like on a deeper um, kind of level here, we'll look at the development of disease in a person is forgetting your own nature as spirit um, at our core being like we are, we are pure. And a lot of times we're not listening to, uh, you know, what our, what our soul wants. We are listening to the desires of our ego. Mm -hmm. And so that's what kind of gets us in these imbalanced states in the first place, because when we're listening to our ego, we're trying to satisfy ourselves, but like in, in that, in that moment and what, you know, our ego is, um, desiring, whether it's, you know, good or bad or anything like that. So rising up, up above the ego and actually doing things that are good for the soul is, you know, kind of like on the start of that path to more um, clear thinking, enlightenment and better health. But we're, we're human. So we listen to this sounds and this you know, the ego speaks so loudly, it wants to survive. And so what happens from there is we get called up in these day to day dramas, right? Mm -hmm. So then we, uh, yeah, we're just kind of like pawns, like playing, playing in this game or whatever. And mm -hmm. um, from there, it just throws us completely off. And we get, we start to get mixed up in our uh, emotions and become agitated. And that starts to create disturbances also within our body. So that's the doshas getting out of balance. And so it's just like this rippling effect, you know, that creates um, disease. So anyway, and I'm just touching on that. Like I could go on and on and on and it goes yeah. really spiritual but you know that is one beautiful side about Ayurveda is you don't really even teach people that in the beginning but when you become more mindful and aware it's just kind of the natural progression of things right the more the more that you do it and incorporate these recommendations and start to do practices like yoga or pranayama or meditation it just naturally starts to take you to that place yep Ain't that the truth? I love that so much. I also even love what you said about the um a big thing with Ayurveda is giving you the tools that will last a lifetime. You're not expecting people to come to you for that evergreen experience where they're gonna now be your patient forever and ever. And similar even to I try to explain this to people on um, as personal training clients, is like I don't want to see you for you know a year or two years like yeah we need a certain amount of time to get a routine going but my goal is to give you the tools that you can go live a healthy healthy lifestyle on your own I don't want you and call me once in a while every couple of years you know I have clients who come back and just to get back on track again and it's like yeah that's totally normal and, and the goal but if you're seeing someone constantly for health or wellness or whatever like it could also be a sign that things are just remaining out of of balance um whether it's I mean even a massage therapist right if you need to go weekly like 
what are you doing to your body? (laughs) What, you know? um, Yeah. It's. Yeah. You know, you, you want to give them the tools, but also teach them that they ultimately are their own healer. So Mm -hmm. their healing and their, you know, current state is in their own hands. Mm -hmm. So like, I can't make them do anything, right? Like I'm just a guide pretty much like here, here you go. I'll teach you the tools. I'll teach you the way I'll guide you. I'll support you. I'll lift you up, but they've got to do it. They've Mm -hmm. got to do it. They have to incorporate it in their life. Um, But it's so, what a profound, uh, just, you know, when you, when you understand that it's so, it is, it's so profound and it's so powerful that you are responsible for who you are. Yeah, absolutely. What you experience and that you have what it takes to be your own healer, you know? And I think that's what a lot of people need to hear. Um, those who, who are interested in a health and wellness journey, whether that's, um, on Ayurvedic side, yoga, health, uh, like wellness, anything is just gaining that trust too. Cause I feel like we're so untrustworthy because of Western medicine that, the amount of money that some of these services cost and a lot of it's not covered by insurance, right? So it's easy to go Western because of insurance uh, for most people. You're like, oh, cool. It's covered and it's not under some of these other services right now that it's hard for people to want to spend that kind of money and just expect that they're going to be giving it over and over. But and they don't have that trust for that person that like, no, you want to teach them and you want them to learn and you really want to make their life better like you want to be a part of that journey but ultimately you want them to be able to do it on their own um so I think just people learning more and more about these things uh to be able to build that trust within that side that more eastern or holistic way is is just a huge huge piece that's missing of getting that word out there and then of like why you're in it um I mean you're this is not a money making like even doctors you know it takes a while to get there before you're making that but there was a time that doctors wanted to be doctors because they cared about people and now it just seems that it's more so of that money aspect like I want to be a doctor because they make this amount of money it's like you're not saying I want to be Ayurvedic practitioner because I'm going to make six figures my first year in in practice or something it's like no I am just so love teaching people this and and practicing it yourself and I will say for someone who's been doing this since 2019 you are a wealth of knowledge like the stuff that we talked about just now I'm like oh my god I'm gonna take this with me forever or you know you hope you hope that and and yes things get lost down the road and life hits you in the face and you're like who the hell am I but I like it's been absolutely incredible to listen to you say the things you've been saying tonight so and Thank speaking you. of it, that's actually an awesome segue into um, what Cherie has coming up uh, outside of just her taking clients, obviously in, in person, but she's going to be doing some really awesome stuff that's going to be available online to people. 
Um, so that's like, tell us what, what you've got planned coming up here. Yeah. So I am currently taking patients. Um, right now I'm doing it a little bit more virtually. Um, I am in the near future going to open an in-person practice, but I'm still kind of in limbo in a couple of different places. And so anyway, that has been a little challenging, but, um, still taking, uh, clients during this time during my internship, you know, just trying to get through all of the schooling and, and, and whatever, but it's kind of, um, it's a great process right now because, you know, I, I get, uh, the help of my supervisor. And like, like I said, she is just absolutely amazing. So, um, you know, I always kind of use that as a pitch for my patients. I'm like two for one special, you yeah, get yeah. You know, an Ayurvedic doctor who has been in practice for 20 years. And then of course me, um, but anyway, so I do have a couple of public talks coming up December 22nd and the 29th. They're going to be pretty much covering the same material. Um, I have them for 8 p.m. and that's going to be Eastern time at 8 p.m. Um, but I have a meetup group all about Ayurvedic health and wellness. So you can find me on that where I post like some of my virtual events. Uh, the talks are going to be free and we're going to discuss pretty much get into specific techniques to find balance in the winter season. Mm -hmm. So you'll learn a lot of stuff that will uh, balance Vata and of course go into balancing Kappa and specific things like we'll go over some specific herbs that you can incorporate into your life some daily routine, some, um, you know, uh, body therapies. We'll also go over some recipes. Uh, we'll look at some food plans, things like that. So just more specifics at, uh, you know, seasonal eating and also, um, just to kind of how to tweak or, you know, develop your routine in the winter to balance the doshas. So that's what that is going to be about. But you can also contact me. Um, I do free 15-minute consultations to see if, hey, I can help you. You and I would work well together. What is Ayurveda? Um, just, yeah, free 15-minute consultation to see if you want to continue forward and, um, you know, get a, an initial consultation with me and see me as a practitioner. So I do have a website, Shri Ayurveda, and that's S-H-E-R-E-E. -E. Ayurveda is A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A. So that's Shri Ayurveda at squarespace.com. Kind of give you an overview of what to expect to see me as a patient and a little bit about pricing. Um, Shri Ayurveda at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit me up there. Um, and then I have an Instagram account at Shri Ayurveda that I have someone for a little bit longer right now that is posting my content for me. But um, I like to throw a lot of just free stuff on there, like free tips and advice and um, what I have going on to so events and promotions, packages, all kinds of things like that. So yeah, just a little bit about how you can find me and um, yeah, some of the things that I have to share. That is amazing. It's also really cool that you are taking patients virtually. So 
if anybody has questions um, or wants the consultation, shoot her email or message, visit her website to learn a little bit more um, and follow her Instagram, of course, just to kind of see what's going on. We will link all of that in the show notes. Um, if you have the links, you can give me for the actual meetups. Like, are you doing that via like a Zoom or it'll be yeah. you on video or something and people can at least watch. They may not be on video at all, but they'll be able to click a direct link and, and hear yeah. you. Yeah, so I'll I'll send you those links. They're going to be on Zoom. I will be doing some in-person talks, but they'll be more like, hey, we talk a little bit about Ayurveda and then maybe we make something. Like I'm doing one during the holidays and we're going to make like a elderberry syrup. And so our, we'll make, you know, some, some mind tea, like some tea bags and play with some different kind of herbs and stuff that will balance some different disturbances. Maybe that's going on in the mind during the holidays. Sometimes like a little bit, uh, we can experience a little bit more stress that go, 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 you know, just trying to see family and get it all done. So that's where, you know, my focus is going to kind of be, but yeah, so I'll give you all of those um, links and things like that. I do want to mention that this is probably the best my price is ever going to be with me doing the internship and having my supervisor and stuff. So I keep throwing out pretty awesome packages and stuff. I usually sell packages of five follow-up visits. So my initial package is like initial consultation, which is the two-hour um, initial visit report of findings and then like five follow-up. Um, visits after that. So I usually sell it in packages and it's a pretty awesome, incredible deal. Now people can do that whole package online. Uh Okay, cool. Yeah, I I see a lot of patients still on the West coast, uh, Northeast. So kind of all over. So it's great. Yeah. You can do it in the comfort of your, of your own home. And um, yeah. Cool. I, yeah, like I said, all those links, the, your email website, Instagram, and those meetups will be in the show notes. And I'll also uh, link to them when we do a social post and tag you and everything. So that's another way that people will be able to find you if you missed the the spelling or anything like that. Um, and, oh, I was going to say something else and totally forgot, but it'll all be linked. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, you know, I want people to keep up with me too. Like I'm going to be doing very soon, like a yoga nidra training. Um, and so I'll be guiding, you know, some people through that as well. And I'll be throwing in some, you know, some free, uh, yoga ninja guiding through my meetup group and some, some special events going on like that as well. So very cool. I remember what I was going to say, something that we've made it this long and never actually mentioned is where in the world are you actually located (laughs) right now? Physically living. (laughs) So yeah, I was in Montana for uh, the majority of the summer and um, I am now back in Georgia. Okay. And so I, I just came, I drove across the country to be with my family for the holidays and work on this internship. So awesome. Great. So you'll be, you'll be posted up in Georgia there for a while for a little, for a little bit. I mean, they want me to come back out to Montana. So that might be an option. You know, I was living in a very rural, small town out there, but, um, it's pretty incredible. Like a lot of the people knew about Ayurveda and wanted me there in the community and it's a pretty beautiful community. So 
kind of thinking about that, also an opportunity for me to teach yoga and be a hiking guide and kind of all of these things that I that I that I love and want. And so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Awesome. Well, it was so great to talk to you. Um, definitely, I think way more than a basic introduction to Ayurveda. Sorry, I uh, know we went way it's totally over. fine. I mean, <laughs> with these things, I know personally, like you get invested and you're just going to keep listening. It's, it's whatever. There's no cutoff time. There was no, no time to stop it or cut it short. It just goes to show of how much more there is. And like I said, we, we barely, barely, barely scratched the surface. So yeah, um, that's why it's just, it's just great to like reach out to Sheree. If you have want to dive deeper into this at all, I know I definitely do. Um, and it, it was kind of like a teaser. That's why it's like, okay, yeah, you got me, you got me like hook, line and sinker. Let's do more. And I sure hope, and I, I'm sure it will happen that we'll have you again to maybe, uh, focus in on like one topic or or something else like like you said you could do a whole podcast on ghee so I'd love to definitely do something yeah. like that in the future for sure totally I can't and, wait and I want to know what what do people want to know what do they want to know more about you know yeah. and so I think that in the next few weeks I don't know you'll have to stay tuned and follow me on Instagram but I think we're going to be kind of throwing like a little uh, questionnaire up just like what are you more interested in, you know, as far as, um, you know, health and wellness and all that kind of stuff. I think there might be some options or things to, you know, click and, you know, give some, give some feedback, like what are you, just what interests you. So that's great. That's we'll, we'll probably cool. throw a little poll ourselves on, on social media when we do the, the posting and promoting for this episode. Uh, and I'll share that info with you. If, if we get any feedback, come on people. <laughs> But um, I think, Amber, do you have anything that you would like to close out with? Um, Just thank you so much for your wealth of knowledge. That was so beautiful. I've learned so much. And for me personally, I think I would be interested in learning more about the herbs and their um, benefits to the different types of doshas. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we, with that, awesome. we're going to close it out tonight and so just stay tuned with what Cherie's got going on and for her to be back on the podcast. Um, yeah. Right. Thank you so much. It was so good to see y'all. Yes. Thanks there. for having me. I appreciate it. Goodbye internet world. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode and would do us a huge favor since we don't have any sponsors or anything like that and would rate and review us on whatever platform it is you use, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, whatever it is. And if you're listening and downloading just through the website, tearingituppodcast.com, leave comments. Um, We'll definitely engage back with you. And on social media right now, we're just on Instagram, tearingituppodcast is the handle like the posts, share the posts, comment on the posts, whatever it is you got, um, show us your love so we just stay relevant and show up in the rankings at all. So again, rate and review, please, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.